0: <laughs> oh, turn it up. Here we go. Up here with your crew winning awesome view. Everything you love stacked right in front of you. Got your Icon Pass slash it 50 plus destinations going Speaking of, did you get your Icon Pass yet, Sean? I'm on IconPass.com dropping in right now. Wow. From just 259 adult, everyone knows you get the best price in the spring. Yeah, that's the good stuff. Okay, done. So pass the good stuff. Yeah, it's the good stuff. Woo! I cannot begin to tell you all how amazing it is to see you all here this morning. A few weeks ago, we had a fire in the attic in the northern portion of the building. That's beyond where those danger signs are. But just like we did, just like you all did at the beginning of the pandemic, you have proven that the church, that Mount Olivet, is not limited to a building. We. You all continue to study God's word, knowing that no matter the space in people's basements, backyards, or even over Zoom, God's word still speaks a word of hope and grace to us. And you all have continued to tell our story despite a fire. And that story continues to be written. You'll remember back in September, we began to look at the stories that The church has been telling for over 2,000 years. We started with the stories that Jesus told, the parables. The kingdom of God is like a lost coin, a shrewd manager, a mustard seed. And then in October, we shifted gears to examine the stories of God's generosity and our gracious responses and the gracious responses that are found in our holy scriptures And so today we turn a page and continue to tell our story by telling the story of the saints. I want to invite you to close your eyes for a moment. If you don't want to close your eyes, you don't have to. But I'm going to invite you to play along at least for for a moment. I want you to imagine what this congregation looked like back in 1854 when people started first gathering to worship at this property. In 1854, this congregation was meeting in people's homes throughout the area. And the clergy, according to our records, which did survive the fire, were, quote, young and vigorous, not unlike today. (laughs) I'm sure they didn't have as good of hair, though. Just before the Civil War, a building was constructed at the corner of Glebe Road and Brown's Bend Road. Brown's Bend Road has been renamed 16th Street. And then during the Civil War, the building, the original building, was used as a hospital on the f- main level, and then below the hospital is where the officers' horses were kept. After the Civil War, this, that building was demolished, and rather than crying about it, our congregation decided to build a new church and five others here in Arlington, Virginia. Three of those original six churches survive today. Mount Olivet, Walker Chapel, where we worshiped up for the past two weeks, and Cherrydale United Methodist Church. In the 1920s through the 60s, there was an expansion to the building that was here. A steeple was added and an education wing was constructed. Physical changes have marked our congregation since the very beginning, back in 1854. But I want you to imagine for a moment, a step further, all of the people who moved through this space, through this piece of land in North Arlington. They gathered here in the unity of Jesus Christ while division within our community and nation festered. And even changing community. Carrying the message of unity in Christ and the love of God out to our community. Being that light that Linnea told the kids about. Sharing with the children of Arlington how much God loves all of them and that there's nothing that they can do to undo the, God, the love that God holds for them. Being a place where barriers that divide us were being broken down. You may not know this, but Mount Olivet, during the 60s, during the time of segregation in the United States was one of the only places where African-Americans and white people would get together to have socials and dances, right down in the fellowship hall, the place where J.D. and his workout group work out three times a week. We have been a congregation offering sanctuary to all God's people so that all people will know the grace of God, a community then and now brought into the fullness of life through the faithfulness of God in Jesus Christ. Paul's words to the Ephesian church of praise to God before speaking anything else is a trait of Paul's writing. Paul was keenly aware that the work of the saints on earth was the result of God's work within the church. It's not anything we do. It is all God's work. And Paul knew this better than most, that God is the one the source of the good works produced by humanity, especially within the church. Paul is using cosmic language to highlight the glory of God. God has never been bounded by time or space. To the contrary, God is the source of space and time and has always been present and always will be. Reverend Kara Slade, she's an author and professor at Princeton Theological Seminary, wrote... The time of Jesus Christ is not only the time of man, but the time of God, eternal time. As such, Christ not only is in time and has time like other men, but he is also the Lord of time. The cosmic language Paul uses points to the larger work of God throughout creation, throughout the cosmos, the Hebrew Bible pointed to this in the book of Daniel. Daniel, speaking to a king's, or listening to a king heard, he saw my vision by night, the four winds of the heavens stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts came out of the sea, different from one another. Daniel then responds to the king, as for these four beasts... Four kings shall rise out of the earth, but the holy ones of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom for forever. That's the Hebrew Bible, the one we don't read as much as we'd like to. But we can skip ahead to the New Testament and we can look to the book of Hebrews. Je- Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. There has never been a time when God has not been deeply invested in the cosmic ordering of creation. And as members of Christ's body, citizens of the kingdom of God, it can be tempting that we, or others, must choose sides in the same way that television ads have been trying to convince us that we need to do ahead of Tuesday's midterm election. But the truth is, pointed out by Paul, confirmed in the Gospels, and lived out in the sacramental life of the church, is that in Jesus Christ, God has already chosen us. God has already chosen you. All Saints Sunday is a day to remember that in Jesus Christ, we have been chosen by God. Before we took our first breaths, before we first opened our third-grade Bibles, before we ever decided we wanted to recite a creed, or before we received the elements at Christ's table of grace, the amazing grace of our Lord Jesus Christ was yours. And it is yours today. Today is a day to remember those who have joined the heavenly banquet prepared and hosted by Christ as his honored guest Today is a day to remember that it is Jesus Christ who makes us saints. And thus is a day to remember all of the saints in our lives. Those that we study scripture alongside. Those sharing a pew or a chair with us this morning. Those who we fail to greet as we move through our days and lives. Saintliness, friends, is not something that we can earn or achieve in this life or the next. Christian ethicist and professor at Duke Divinity, Stanley Hauerwas wrote, saints are people like us who have been made more than we are by being engrafted into God's kingdom that is ruled by the power of forgiveness and love. Even though we rightly remember particular Christians' lives sustaining our part in god's adventure we are mindful that it is god that makes their and our lives possible close your eyes again imagine mount olivet today yeah sure it's charred and probably still wet in some places and there might be some paint peeling but there's music coming from a grand organ in the sanctuary and there's a amazing guitar solo being played downstairs. People are filling the sanctuary and the chairs in the fellowship hall. Children are in classrooms and on the playgrounds. You all arrived on Sunday morning for worship and many of you were here yesterday for a memorial service. The building is just a building when you arrive But as you move about the building, as your lives of grace move throughout the building and bump into one another and spill coffee on the carpet and walk away and hope nobody will see it, this building becomes a saintly dwelling place. Because friends, you are the saints of the church. Now I want you to imagine what Mount Olivet is to come both what this physical building will become, but also how this congregation will continue its kingdom-building work, the vocation to which our community has been called, past, present, and future, all wrapped up in the amazing grace of God. And while we want to control and guide and strategize our way into what is to come. The truth is that God is the one at the wheel. Friends, the role of the saints past, present and future is to praise God, to soak up God's amazing grace, and to be to open ourselves to be vessels of mercy, grace and compassion. Our story, saints of yesterday, today and tomorrow is wrapped up in the unifying, salvific work of God in Jesus Christ. Freedom from sin. A life shaped by the fullness of God. An invitation to saintliness today. Just as you are. Just as we are. Because of who we are in Christ Jesus. Beloved. Amen.